Welcome to the More Love podcast. Today's guest is Leah Scallon. Over the last 20 years, Leah has become an award-winning composer, sacred songstress, writer, and producer of the Sounds of Sirius healing music albums. My personal favourite in Leah's collection is The Luminous Pearl, and that recording has saved my soul more than once. Over the course of the interview, I'll let you let her explain the beauty of her music. She's one of the most radiant women I've ever had the pleasure of meeting, and I'm delighted to have her with us here today on the More Love podcast. Before we begin, we'll be using the term note, which stands for non-ordinary transcendent experience. And it's a term that was introduced to, be, to me by Dr. Nicole Gruel, which she used it in her PhD and found it in the academic literature that was submitted by William Broad. And essentially what a note experience is, is one that is non-ordinary in terms of our physical human experience, but one that expands our consciousness, uh, perhaps warps time a little bit, and perhaps increases our five physical senses or our awareness of our senses. So it includes a huge array of experience that I'm coming to understand is quite normal. And um, we'll be talking with Leah about these experiences today. So without any further introduction, I would just like to welcome Leah. Thank you for being joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Helen, and for that beautiful introduction. I'm so happy that uh, the music has touched you and continues to, um, well, support you in your life. That's really, really special for me to hear that. It does, actually. It, it really is a support in helping me to remember who I really am. So let's start the journey of how you came to be a sacred songstress. So I was wondering if you would be happy to share with us how your note experiences began and what it was like and how it felt right back at the beginning. Well, it was actually a sort of a shock when it happened, um, Helen. And, uh, you know, I'm not a trained singer and I really never expected to do what I'm doing now. It would just it never entered my sort of realm of consciousness, really. But the first major experience I had in terms of what I would call the opening of my channel to um, this light language and the melodies coming through actually happened when I was in my last year at college in Trinity College, Dublin. I was still live, living in Ireland at that stage. And um, I suppose I should put it in the context of the fact that I was, I suppose, quite spiritually connected. I came from a spiritual family and, you know, prayer and all of that was part of my normal, regular existence. But what happened to me on this particular night was that when I was sort of in prayer meditation, these sounds started to come through me, these very unusual sounds, words, language, and melodies started to come through me. And I really didn't know what to do with them at that stage. I had no idea where they were coming from and how this was happening to me. And it, it sort of frightened me a little bit, actually. 
And so I did the only thing I could really do at that time. I was in my last year of college, as I said, and justified to do my final exam. So it was something quite momentous. And I really just didn't have the headspace or the emotional capacity to deal with it at the time. So what I did was I just shut myself down completely spiritually, um, which was probably not a very good idea for me because since childhood, I had actually been very sensitive um, in that way. And uh, it wasn't then until many years later, um, in 1990, I came back to live in Australia after a few years in London and I got sick. I'd been through quite a trying time, actually, emotionally very challenging time. And I think that weakened me. And I think this happens to a lot of people who get onto a spiritual path. It's very often ill health that actually brings them to the point of surrender. And so I got glandular fever for the second time in my life. And that resulted in a sort of chronic fatigue syndrome. And I just knew instinctively when that happened to me that this was not something that I needed to address physically. It was something that was forcing me to go within again, to open myself up spiritually. And I knew that I that would be the only way that I would get well. So I did. I started to do that. I began to delve into that inner world again. I began to do all sorts of courses and healing practices and experience different healing modalities. And as soon as I started to do that, Again, it was always in a sort of meditative or prayer state. These sounds and these beautiful melodies started to come through me again. And so this time, I suppose, with a little bit more life under my belt, as it were, and a little bit more experience, I decided to let it happen. And I just had an instinct that this was happening to assist with my own healing. And uh, it was quite a long process, Helen. I, I used the sounds for myself for a full 10 years. And uh, during that time, as I said, I was experienced, I was really quite voracious in trying to find, read and experience all and everything that I could get my hands on to try and understand. I suppose really what I was looking for, I was looking for my own truth. Um, I'd been brought up in a you know, a very strong Irish Catholic family. And what I realized at that point was that there was much of the dogma that didn't sit with me anymore. It didn't feel right. It wasn't my truth. So this process of 10 years journey was really me peeling the onion and peeling the onion and trying to find out, you know, who I was, what my truth was, was there a God, what was that God? And what was my purpose here on the earth, you know? And um, so it really was, uh, as I said, a very personal thing. Until the last few years, I then began to feel as these, these sounds were, of course, organically developing. The more I expanded, the more I grew, the more I, I suppose, shed the baggage, which I had lots of, <laughs> the more the sounds would expand. And... Um, so in the last couple of years, I realized that uh, these were going to be used for other people. They were just for me. And uh, but I was very reluctant. I basically, in my conversation with the other realms, God, whatever you might want to call it, I sort of said, well, you know, if that's what you want me to be or do, you've got to make it happen. You've got to make it very, very clear. And so um, at the end of that 10-year period, I just got this sudden and very 
urgent instruction just to get out there and start doing it. And uh, so they just said, you know, print a business card, get out and make yourself available. And uh, just before that happened, I'd, I had this um, other quite extraordinary sort of, um, I suppose, realization. I'd uh, been in a healing session with this uh, lady I trusted a lot, a crystal healer that I knew for a few years. And uh, she was given some information to give me and uh, basically said, you're not from here. You're from Sirius. <laughs> so I thought, wow. Um, serious for anyone who's listening and if you are listeners who are not aware of Sirius it is a star system there's uh, there are two stars possibly three stars in the system and like Orion and the Pleiades it's a star system that has um, been held sacred uh, by many cultures particularly the Egyptian culture and so in a sense that actually it rang true to me because I'd never really felt as if I belonged somewhat, you know, on this earth plane. And so I thought, yeah, okay. And then the other thing was that because Sirius is so connected with Egypt since childhood, I had this very, very powerful connection with Egypt where I had no idea where it came from, but I loved everything Egyptian. <laughs> I wanted to be Cleopatra. And so what I discovered um, when this information came my way, I began to obviously discover more about Sirius. And I found out that for the Egyptians, Sirius was very important because with the helical rising of Sirius came the flooding of the Nile, which meant, you know, the fertility of the Nile Valley. And also uh, with the great pyramid of Cheops, the king's chamber is aligned with Orion and the queen's chamber is aligned with Sirius. So Sirius for the Egyptians was very connected with the goddess Isis. And this also made sense to me because the, the energy of the work that I was bringing through and that had, I had been bringing through in this past 10 years was primarily the energy of the divine feminine and also the energy of the angelic realms. Just before I actually went out and made myself available, I had a meditation where I saw this beautiful pear-shaped diamond placed in my third eye. And the message that I received with that was that the work was to be known as diamond healing with the sounds of Sirius. So um, I found that when I started to work with people one-on-one, -on -one, very often I would be bending over whatever part of their body needed to be worked on, whether it was their solar plexus, their third eye or whatever. And this diamond would be lasering into the area that was receiving the energy that needed the healing. So um, it, it, it was a, a huge revelation for me when I started to work with people. Um, I did so with great apprehension, as you can imagine, because during that whole time that I'd been going through this personal journey, in all the healing modalities that I experienced, I never once had anybody use sound over me or on me. I'd never heard of the word toning. So I was stepping out, you know, um, doing something that I had never seen anybody else do. And I had no idea how it would be received by people. 
So it was really, really moving for me to discover that um, people had quite extraordinary responses to these sounds that were coming through me. There were a lot of tears. There was a lot of healing experienced. People were seeing waves of color, sometimes color they'd never seen before, geometric shapes. And I think that probably the most uh, common response I got from people was with the tears that would come through would be these words, I felt like I come home. So that was so beautiful for me to hear and it gave me great confidence and reassurance that you know this um, thing that I was doing these sounds that were coming through me were actually coming from very um, high source and I suppose a source of our origin to make people feel that they had actually come home when they heard them. Mm, I found them to be incredibly comforting Yes, that's really, I suppose, for me uh, in the producing of these sounds now as they are on, you know, on recordings, I suppose the underlying um, motivation for me to do these and to, and to share them with the world is to offer comfort, healing, reassurance, and, and as I've come to understand through the years more and more, is that they are also designed to activate and awaken people. In listening to them, I felt comforted, but I also felt uh, supported in my journey of self-awakening and supported in a comfort way, but also supported in a heart-opening way, a, a, a sense of making uh, progress isn't quite the right word, but... Um, opening my heart even in the periods of time when I felt that I needed the music to help comfort me. Does that make sense? It does absolutely make sense, Helen, and that's really beautiful to hear. Um, what I've discovered and seen a lot over the years is that the light language, you know, if I'm working with someone one-on-one -on -one or in a group or whatever, very often people will be nodding, they'll be laughing, they'll be crying, and I can see that they're actually recognizing the words, even though they are not, you know, they're not uh, in English or whatever. But one of the other things that happens is that for a lot of people, or no, maybe I shouldn't say a lot, but for many people, it actually activates their own light language. And what I what I think more and more is, and as these sounds expanded for me, as they, as they have become more complex, as they come from, in a sense, different aspects of source, that they are designed particularly to awaken other light workers to the next level of their gift, which is exactly what you're talking about, you know. So people that are already on a spiritual path, it somehow catapults them or helps them to leap to the next stage. So it's just creating, it's almost like a key that opens another door for people. Can I, can I backtrack in your story just a, a, a little bit? When the sounds first came through you, you said it, it was a little bit scary or frightened you just a little bit. How did you transition from there all the way once you did open them, open yourself back up to them? How did you transition into complete trust and, and feeling the love that 
I feel in the sounds and I'm sure you feel it in a completely different, more compelling way. Well, you know, in that first instance, um, when I experienced them, because I was, you know, in that sort of, you know, I was young, I was, you know, in that sort of stress mode of having exams or whatever. And I was also living at that stage within the family context um, of a very, very Catholic family. And so when these signs started to come through me, I thought, you know, they're going to think I'm possessed by the devil. I mean, literally, I mean, honestly, that's really was a genuine fear that they're going to think these are, you know, this is very strange and maybe she needs to be exorcised or something, you know. So I just couldn't deal with it at the time. And so it was many years later and, you know, I was more mature and I had gone through again another really um, fairly traumatic emotional phase in my life. And um, so I was ready for healing, I suppose. I was ready and I was a bit more mature and a bit more open. And I thought, I'm not going to be scared of this. It really, it did take some courage as have, <laughs> as it has during many parts of my journey. Um, but I decided just, I thought, well, you know, if this is happening in a state when I'm praying or I'm meditating, then it can't be bad in a sense. You know, my intention is pure. I'm in a space of, you know, um, communicating with the divine, as it were. So surely there must be a purpose to this happening. And also, I think because as the signs were coming through, what I was experiencing myself was this beautiful sweetness of energy that was coming through them. And, you know, to this very day when I'm channeling, whether it's here on my own under the radar, which I do a lot, um, or if I'm channeling for a group or whatever, or if I'm in the recording studio, very often as the sounds are coming through me, tears will literally be streaming down my face because the energy is so pure, it's so sweet, it's so nurturing and so full of love. And so with that, I thought that energy can't be bad. And so I let it come through. And of course, then as time went on, began to receive uh, with the sounds come visions, come insights and uh, other things which support, um, you know, what I'm feeling as the energy is coming through me. Thank you for sharing that. As we each awaken, we all have those little moments of, of doubt and uncertainty and we all have to make those decisions to trust it's kind of difficult to talk about them because they happen in the moment, they happen during meditation, they happen through our intention, but it is nice to be able to talk about them to help reassure others as, as, and ourselves as we go through, through the awakening journey. I think it really is. And, you know, Helen, I think for me, really, um, my whole journey, when I look back on it now, um, to this point, and I think it will continue to be ongoing. It really is, has been all about trust, about love, about courage, and, and within that, about being of service. Um, you know, that moment when I first 
trusted for myself to let the energies come through. And then 10 years later, I had that moment of having to step out in complete faith and trust that I was exposing myself to other people doing this. Would they think I was a complete nutcase or <laughs> how would they respond? But somehow you have to trust, you have to do it. You have to have the courage to step forward. And, and the same with, you know, a couple of years later, I did the one-on-one -on -one work for a couple of years. And then I got the very strong message that, you know, these sounds needed to reach a lot more people. Uh, than I could see because the sessions I was, were, you know, were doing were taking two and three hours or whatever. And uh, so they said these need to reach people uh, much more widely. So again, I said, well, you know, if you want this to happen, you've got to make it happen. I'm not go, I, you know, the thought of going into a recording studio and doing that, I thought they'd laugh me out of the studio. <laughs> but what happened was I had a client come had a, a huge session with him and at the end of that discovered that he had a, a he had a recording studio at home so i was able to go there with my crystals with my candles with my everything and just do it in a really safe space so that was my first recording came through so always if you trust i think and your intention is good the means will be place there for you to go ahead you will have to take a leap of faith there's no doubt about that um but as they say you know the greater the risk the greater the gain the sweeter the celebration in a way you know well at least for me i began little leaps of faith a little leap of faith to help build that relationship with the source part of me or with source um or with the energy that creates worlds you know it doesn't really matter which word we decide to use but we're we still need to develop a relationship that is trusting and loving and honest, I guess, with communication as well. Yes, I think that's so true. And it is very much a step-by-step -step process. What I found in my journey as well is that very often, um, you know, it's almost like I'm asked to go do first. I'm asked to have complete trust. So I get a very strong intuition. Say, for example, it's to do an event and I just get this really strong push and it won't leave me alone. I think, OK, right, I'll do it. I don't know why I'm doing it. Um, and it's only afterwards that you find out why. And the number of times I've arranged an event without having any clue that it's that the date I've chosen is a significant date, whether it's an equinox or a some planetary alignment or it's a full moon or whatever it is but it's very often afterwards that you get the rationale for why something has to happen and uh, i think one of the beauty beauties of this journey and one of the most exciting things about it is that when you do surrender when you do step out in complete trust the synchronicities that can happen i mean unbelievable the things that have happened in my journey i really you you just laugh when these things happen because you think what are the odds of that so you're given confirmation along the way if you do step out and you do trust the rewards are so incredible and literally magic happens so um it's uh it's a wonderful way to live your life actually in the end you know it's 
it seems to take courage, but in the end, it's, it's an exciting way to live. It absolutely is. And that's how the, the, the magic that you're talking about is how Max, um, who is my husband, for those people who don't know, and I got to see you uh, sing live in, in Toowoomba here at this small event that happened, I heard afterwards, all kind of at the last moment. It was magical. But the, the way we ended up there was just all sort of automatic and at the last minute and um, we didn't even have the opportunity in terms of time to decide whether or not we wanted to go. It just we just it just happened. We were just there and it felt so right. It felt like we decided to be there eons and eons ago and we were just going to be there. <laughs> oh, I just I I love how you've explained that. I mean, that is that is uh, really the most exciting thing when that happens and when those things come together and when people come together. You know, it's uh, you've described it really well. I think when something's meant to happen and when you surrender your will to the divine will, it's almost like everything just slots into place. Everything just goes so seamlessly, so smoothly, and you think, I couldn't have planned this if I tried, you know, and uh, if you're meant to be there, you'll be there. And so it's uh, the same with a lot of the sacred journeys that I've, you know, been involved in ones I've organized or ones that I've been to, you know, and places that I've just ended up being and the things that have happened when I've got there, all accidental, supposedly, but you know, there are no accidents. There are no as they say, there's no such thing as coincidence. These synchronicities are, in a sense, I feel the divine God, source, whatever name you want to put on it, letting us know that there is order, there is a plan, mm. there is a purpose, there is reason for our being, mm. and that we're not alone. Absolutely. If I had to sum all of that, little part of our conversation up I'd say it takes courage to start but then the thrill of the synchronicities just becomes addictive um, and it's worth building a relationship with source to continue experiencing the magic of the synchronicities would you agree absolutely it, it does become addictive you know and uh, it becomes so much a part of the fabric of your life that you can't Imagine living your life in any other way, really. Um, yes, it just it gives so much more meaning to your existence. It just enriches your life in so many ways. Do you bring this incredible language through you and you have such a powerful connection with the light language and, and with your ability to still the mind and allow it through? So how do you find the dance between allowing that through and your physical experience of life? You know, because it kind of I always um, the, the image of a set of scales comes through. You know, we can't be too high in one or too low in the other. We have to be this balancing act. And uh, I was wondering if you would share how you, how you experience that or how you create balance. Well, that's a really good question, Helen. Um, I would say that that's an 
ongoing set of scales for me. Um, on the one hand, it's very challenging um, because, to be honest, it's easier for me to be in the higher realms as to where to be in that higher frequency energy than it is for me very often to deal with the sort of the very harsh and chaotic realities of this 3D existence. You know, my whole being, in a sense, craves beauty. And so, you know, watching the news and the, I mean, that really distresses me at times. So that the harsher aspects of our being on the earth plane can be very challenging. But what I've come to realize through the years, I suppose, when I started and when I discovered this facility for connecting with these interdimensional realms, I suppose, and I think I should say there really that I feel that we as humans, we are interdimensional beings. So when I discovered that my facility had opened up to actually be able to connect with these other realms, then that's where I wanted to be, you know, that's where I felt comfortable, that's where I felt alive, that's where I felt at home. And I suppose like all those other people, you know, who have said to me that they felt like they come home when they hear the sounds. I felt like I had come home. But what I realized over the years was that there's absolutely no point in having access to those frequencies unless you ground them into the earth plane. I mean, what use are they? Yes, I get some um, elevation from them, but if I am to be of service here on the earth and if I have a purpose here on the earth, then I somehow have to be able to um, ground those frequencies into this realm, into this 3D plane, this very dense plane that we live on. So I came to realize really that our bodies are like a bridge. You know, these human vessels that we are occupying uh, in this existence that we're having here on the earth plane can be a bridge between heaven and earth, as it were. So that's really where I see it now. I see myself as a conduit. I see myself as a bridge for these higher frequency energies, which continue to expand the more I expand. And it's always a question of growth. We're always growing, we're always learning, we're always shedding more baggage. You know, if we want to progress in this, in this life, then we've always got to be looking for growth, I suppose. Mm. And the payoff for me in this work that I do is that the more I do that, the greater range of frequencies I, frequencies I can bring through. And, uh, and then I can ground those through my body, through my voice, through my heart, so that other people can receive them. I suppose, in a nutshell, I see myself as a receiver and a transmitter. So I have an ability to receive these frequencies. And then what I see now is my mission. I've grown to see it as my purpose, my mission. My job is then to transmit those frequencies, songs and light language, which I believe contain codes of light. As we spoke before, I think they act like keys 
open the subconscious and open the soul memory. So what they're doing is they're helping to activate the remembrance within people of their soul purpose, what they came here for. And uh, I think they're also at this time, in this time of great change, when we're going through this big shift of the ages, they're also helping activate our DNA. You know, we have 12 strands of DNA, but only two are currently active, and the rest is known as junk DNA. But of course, why would we have it if it's junk? So I think we're in the process of reawakening to our full potential. And these sounds are coding us back into the light. So how they work, in a sense, people say, well, how can they work? We humans are 70 to 80% water. So you think of water as a conductor of energy. And you expose water to high-frequency sound. It's like the experiments of Dr. Uh, Emoto. He did these incredible experiments with water where, you know, he... He did cross sections of frozen water and he exposed them to different emotions, different frequencies. Say, for example, hard rock music produced really ugly shapes. Classical music pr produced beautiful filigree shapes. The word love produced beautiful shapes. The word hate, ugly deformed shapes. So if you think of that and relate that to the waters of our body, and think about these high-frequency source sounds going into that medium, then you realize that they can change you at cellular level. So that's how potent these are. So as again, I think they are designed to awaken, to heal, and to activate, and to remind people of who they are. And they're such an enjoyable way to to be awakened. Um, I can't remember how I first discovered your music, whether it was that live event or before, I really can't remember, but ah, oh, the joy, the, the sound is so beautiful. Oh, that's, that's uh, wonderful to hear. And, you know, I think the beauty of the sounds, and this includes for me, because of course, as they're coming through me, I'm receiving the healing as much as anybody else, you know, they're, they are clearing my physical, emotional, mental bodies and all of that, as well as, you know, so they're for me as much as for anyone else. But um, I think the beauty of them is the light language, which, you know, it's interesting. I've never really had any compulsion to know what the language says because, you know, I will get visions or feelings or whatever when these sounds are coming through me. But as regards translating the language, um, I've never had any real desire to do that. And it's very interesting in more recent years, I came across a quote from um, a book called The Keys of Enoch, who some of your uh, listeners may know of, but it's, um, it's an incredible tome. But in that it speaks about light language. And the gist of what it says is that that light language is designed, as I said before, to code your body into the light, to translate that language into, you know, English or any other modern language, you will lose the power of the frequency. 
And that really confirmed for me what I sort of come to believe myself, that the healing is contained within the actual frequency or vibration of the words and the language. It's not to do with understanding what they mean. And in fact, I think it's a real benefit that it's not in English because it means that it doesn't, the conscious mind is not engaged. It doesn't have to follow the words. It doesn't have to follow any mental process. You can just allow these sounds to wash over you, wash through you, and it, suspe it suspends you in a state of comfort and relaxation where you're the receiver. You don't have to do anything actively. And so uh, it's interesting. I was, a few years ago, I met this other lady as well who, um, when I channeled for her, she said, uh, it's like what they're telling me is that one word can actually contain libraries of information. So, you know, what you're singing is containing vast volumes of information. So I found that very interesting as well. But it also speaks to how different we can use different languages across the planet and still mean the same thing. You know, as we're trying to communicate through a relationship, if we spoke, we might be feeling very similar emotions, but depending which language we, which culture we're in and which language we use, we're, we're using a different language to communicate the same thing. So um, what I'm trying to say is everything is energy. All our languages are energy. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's sort of universally believed in a sense that music is the universal language. Music in itself crosses all barriers, all cultures, all races, all creeds. When I first heard uh, Gurumul uh, Yunupingu, mm -hmm. the Aboriginal um, singer who unfortunately has passed on now, um, when I first heard his music, oh my goodness, yes. it just touched your soul. Yes. And he's singing mostly in his own Aboriginal tongue. Mm -hmm. He's not singing in English, but it matters not because, mm -hmm. you know, it's just the vibration see, everything in the world is a vibration. Everything is vibration. You know, the table, the chair we're sitting on, you know, the computer we're looking at, everything is vibration. And so depending on the frequency of that vibration, whether it's a high vibration or a low vibration, it will be either beneficial or detrimental to your being. So for example, low-grade sounds like, you know, the sounds of jackhammers or the sort of white noise of a fridge or that sort of thing, heavy metal music, those are degrading. It's been proven, you know, they've been able to do experiments. These are proven to have a degrading effect on the electromagnetic system of the body. But things like classical music, bird song, the sound of waterfalls, the sounds of nature uplift the frequency of the body it's like high you know it's like essential oils i've been using young living essential oils for decades and you put those oils on your body and they raise your frequency you know uh, a normal human body vibrates at about 75 hertz you put one of those oils on your body and it can you know vibrates 300 hertz the same with the music 
So you put high frequency music into your being, you expose yourself to high frequency music, then your body entrains to that vibration. So by entraining, it means it wants to come into sync with that vibration. So, um, and as it comes into sync with that vibration, the nervous system comes into harmony, all the organs, all the chakras, all the bloodstream, all the cells, everything wants to come into sync with that frequency. You see it with a, you know, a tuning fork. You know, the human body can be tuned just like a tuning fork. So what we listen to, what we watch, what we think, these are all, they create our reality. So what kind of reality do you want, you know? Do you want a reality that basically uplifts your frequency or do you want one that is going to bring you down and bring you, keep you, I suppose, um, locked into those denser frequencies? The beautiful part is when you begin to change those um, as you begin to maybe listen to some of your music or, or change the, the background noise at home or stop watching, um, you know, TV shows that lower your energies. Or, but whatever, you, whatever change you make, they begin to um, snowball or become exponential. So a little change with another little change with another little change and then suddenly they begin to snowball and, and the, the momentum becomes exponential. Absolutely. And then you sort of, you know, that's when you start to crave more of what makes you feel good. You know, it's like, like attracts like you just, you want more of that experience. You know, when you have what you would, what you've described as a note experience, it does become addictive in a way you think I want more of that. I like living in that place. I like that space, you know? And so then you begin to seek out um, not just the, you know, the things, but the people that create that energy for you. You begin to crave the company of like-minded souls, you know, and, uh, and that's a joy as well for me. You know, when I started off on that journey, it was very, it was a very much a solitary path, but over the years, I've made connections with other magnificent light workers, and uh, it's just such a joy to be able to exchange. And this conversation we are having now, you know, um, to be able to have that conversation with someone, uh, it's very life affirming. It's, it gives one a great sense of well, just life, I suppose, of being where where you're in the right place. Mm, thank you. I, I mean, this sort of leads us right into um, another question that I had planned to ask you, but I think, you know, we're covering it as we go. But we, you described human beings a little earlier as interdimensional beings, and, and um, well, I, I certainly agree. But um, my question originally was note experiences do you think that they're actually quite normal? And um, given that we've been talking about them in such a normal kind of a way, I, I, I think it's really undeniable that it's a normal experience to know that there's more to life than meets the eye, to be able to feel things that can't ordinarily be explained. Um, but I think 
we sort of dropped off there when I interrupted it, that sometimes it can be difficult to find other people who are willing to talk about it. Look, I absolutely agree. I think these experiences are a very normal part of one's life. I mean, you've only got to look at the number of religions in the world, in a sense, to know that almost every human being on the planet has a sense that there's something more than just being human. They aspire to, to know more about what's out there, about what happens when we're not here anymore, you know? Um, where did we come from? So there's a basic instinct in people. Of course, there are people who deny who are atheists or whatever, who say that they don't believe there's anything. But the majority of people, even though they may not speak about it and they may not seem very cool to talk about these things, but somehow they believe or would like to believe that um, there is something more than just this physical existence. I think, um, you know, certainly what I've come to understand is that we are, as has been said, we are spiritual beings having a physical experience we're not physical beings having a spiritual experience mm. we are i believe we have come from spirit and we will return to spirit however you see that whatever context you like to see that in but there is a let's call it a source from whence we came mm. and i think that you know if we have the ability if we tap into the ability to tap into that source from whence we came, then our life is so much more enriched. And I actually, I speak about this in uh, the, one of the albums that I did called The First Little Angels on Earth. And uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful little journey. It's a combination of, um, I've written this little fable about these five brave little angels who come to Earth to find out like what it's like to be human. And what the experience when they get there and how they're sent to earth with the divine mother's song of love to basically to support them while they're here but really what this um, the purpose of this album and why i created it was you know to remind us that we are spirit beings we are all earth angels when we were born we basically, we came in with a huge case of amnesia, basically. We totally forgot who we were, where we came from, that we are indeed, you know, divine, sovereign, light beings. Um, and basically, I think our life here is spent in a journey of trying to remember where we came from. So it's almost like the whole purpose is like we are spirit having a physical experience we are spirit experimenting with what it's like to be in these denser realms and so the way i see my journey is that i am on a journey back to source and some people choose to remain asleep in this lifetime but others like you and me and i would venture to say probably most people that are listening to this podcast we're traveling a path back to remembrance of who we were. And uh, I think Helen actually, you know, 
you are someone who's helping with that in a major way, I think, because as humans, how we travel that journey is through our emotions. You know, our emotions are where we learn. Our emotions are where we grow. You know, negotiating uh, our way back to wholeness by harnessing our emotions, which you're teaching people within your work to do, to tap into that, you know, incredible power that we have within and use it in a way that's not destructive to us, but use it in a way that's transformative for us. And, uh, you know, I think if we come to that realization, if we realize that we are indeed these divine, sovereign light beings who've come here for an adventure, then that can change absolutely everything. You know, it changes how you look at life. It changes how we live our life. It can change how we deal with the challenges we're faced with. If we know that we're divine beings, it can instantly take us out of victimhood and out of martyrdom and all of those things which don't serve us, out of guilt. And, you know, it, it can bring us into a sense of empowerment. So instead of saying, oh, this happened to me or, you know, poor me or whatever, you think, okay, I chose this life. I chose to be here. I chose to come here and have this existence and I chose to be here at this time. You know, times you think, well, I must have been out of my mind <laughs> to come here at this particular time. <laughs> but, you know, when you begin to tap into that power and you begin to experience the rewards and the fulfillment like we've been speaking about, then the sense of joy can be incredible. So really what we're doing is in terms of the language that we would use in this, we're tapping into our higher self. So, you know, our physical self is our, in a sense, our lower self, our denser self, but we have a higher self, our soul connection. And when we start to tap into that, which we learn to communicate with our higher self through our intuition. So our higher self is giving us messages through our intuition. So for example, when I get an intuition, like I did just recently, I got a powerful message that I needed to get back into the studio and create some music specifically for this challenge that we're going through at the moment. Yes, tell us so, all about that. Well, you know, I was just, I was doing my daily channeling and it was sort of earlier on in this journey that we've had with this coronavirus crisis. And I found myself... Um, communicating with the coronavirus but with great love and speaking to it and thanking it for the part it was playing in this major shift of the ages that we're going through and then like a bolt from the blue i just got this very strong message that i needed to bring through music to specifically assist people through this challenge and so, uh, I mean, this has happened with every album I've done. With some albums, I could be ruminating on it for maybe a couple of years. I know that there's something coming through for animals, for example, or I know there's, I've got to do something to help people through the grieving process, through the death process. Uh, but when it comes to the moment when it's ready to come through, it's urgent. And I need to get on the phone straight away, on the day, book the studio and do it. And so this was a case in point. Um, you know, uh, it, it, 
it is through our intuition and through our inner knowing that our higher self communicates with us. And this is where the trust comes in. This is where the surrender comes in. You think, okay, well, my first thought is, you know, how on earth am I going to fund that? You know, going into the, it costs many thousands of dollars to produce a, a music album, you know? So you have to put that aside and think, if this is meant to be, and the feeling is so strong, this will happen. It will be looked after. I will be taken care of in that way. And so this is where the faith and the courage and the trust comes in. You have to practice this. You have to keep doing it. And as you keep doing it, you learn it's going to be okay. It will come back to you. You will find a way. And uh, so, you know, I think um, absolutely this... Uh, kind of life being part of the normal human existence, I think it absolutely is woven into our human experience. And it's why we're here. You know, we are here to have this combination of human and spirit. And that's why the earth plane is unique, I think, as they say. Um, a lot of other beings look in from the other dimensional realms and, uh, they look at the earth plane and see it as really special because of what we've got going on here. We're doing two things at the one time, I think. Mm. And I think, you know, if we loop back right to the beginning of our conversation, when we deny the normalcy of these note experiences, we do get sick or we experience emotional discomfort in a strong way. I absolutely agree. And I think that's the, you know, the one sole reason why um, the reason so many light workers come onto their path uh, has been ill health. That's been the catalyst for them getting there because as you would know, Helen, you know, the, the energy comes in the dysfunction or whatever it is, the blockage comes in in the sort of the auric field first and the, you know, and our outer bodies and the physical is the last to receive because it's the most dense of our bodies. It is the, the last place that we experience it. So if it comes to the physical, then you know that you haven't dealt with it on many other levels. Mm. You haven't de dealt with it on a mental level, on an emotional level, on a spiritual level, on a higher spiritual level. So you know that by the time it gets to the physical, well, then, you know, it's now calling for urgent attention, basically. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, our body in that way is a marvelous tool. And, you know, I used to go through the, the sort of thing of beating my body up, you know, not liking it or whatever. But our body is our tool. Our body is our barometer, you know, so we're feeling a pain, we're feeling discomfort, we're feeling emotional, you know, feeling in our gutter or solar plexus. It's telling us something. It's telling us that something's not right. And then it's our job to go in and find out why am I feeling that? Where is that coming from? Or if I have a, you know, an over the top reaction to something, what's the core of that? You know, that was out of proportion to what's just happened. Where is that coming from? from where is that anger coming from and as we do that and as we go further into you know the body's needs and the emotional needs 
then we get closer to who we really are. Then we discover who we are as a spirit being, as a powerful interdimensional um, body. And we realize as we delve into this world, I mean, I've seen it time and again, you know, just talking about even this recent album, we can manifest our reality if we believe enough, if we believe that we can do it and we know that it's meant to happen, then we can manifest. Our thoughts can help us to manifest the reality that we want. Mm, absolutely. So tell us about this album that you've just recorded. It's called Invisible Light and I think because the title is just what we've been talking about. It's the invisible light within us. And it was very interesting through the process of this recording. I had the rainbow energy was around me a lot. The first day that I was going into the recording studio, I remember. And these are, this is one of the little synchronicities that, we'll, <laughs> that we've been talking about. It was, um, it was raining that morning and then the sun came out and I just had this sort of absolute kind of knowing with me i'm going to see a rainbow i'm going to see a rainbow and rainbows always make me very joyful and i thought what a beautiful thing it would be to see a rainbow on this morning you know when i'm just about to go into the studio and uh, i was very surprised when i didn't see a rainbow so i thought okay but anyway at lunchtime that day just in between taking a break in between what we were doing i just uh, checked my phone and i got a message from this dear dear friend of mine in arizona and she said, I'm with you this morning and I've been tuning in and the ancient ones are with you and they are sending you a lot of rainbow energy. <laughs> so, and I went, oh my goodness, there's my rainbow. So the rainbow was with me. And uh, so then there were other rainbow experiences through the process. And so when it came to... Um, choosing a title uh it has been chosen for other reasons as well but i thought this is very appropriate because the rainbow is invisible light made manifest basically the rainbow the full spectrum rainbow is white light you know and um so part of the the guidance i received about uh this album uh, helen was that i was to offer it as a gift to the world so it's free for anyone who finds it uh, as, a, as an MP3 download. And so you can go onto my website and on the, if you look down the side, there's a little menu bar. And if you click on the music bar, you will see invisible light. And uh, just click on that. And you basically order it like the MP3, like an ordinary album, but you get charged no dollars <laughs> at the end that's just the way you need to download it so basically you order it and then you're sent the download files and you click on each file and that downloads each of the tracks but the purpose for the music um when i got the guidance that morning to do this um to bring through this music they told me that it would come through as a trilogy of frequencies so there would be three main pieces. And uh, so basically what this does is take you through a journey from the darkness and from the fear into the light and into the future possibility of 
but we have before us the possibility of a new earth, a new way of being. And so what I've done is I've linked, I've, I'm taking you through the journey. Um, I've created a little guided journey that links these three trucks. And so what I'm hoping is that for the people who receive it, that it is uh, very comforting, that it's very nurturing, and that it's very uplifting, and that it will just remind you that although things are may feel very dark and very desperate at the moment, um, that there is always hope and that there is a reason for this happening. There is a purpose to it. I've put it out there in good faith and it comes from my heart as a free gift to yours and I hope that it helps you. I think um, we've had the most beautiful conversation. Thank you so very much, Leah. Thank you for sharing so much of your knowledge with, with all of us. Oh, it has been my absolute pleasure. Helen really has been. It's always such a joy to speak to somebody else who's on the path. And, you know, and I honor you for the work that you're doing and helping people, particularly in such a, you know, practical way. Because as I mentioned, the emotions are the way that we grow. And, difficult as they may be to negotiate um that's just that's the journey we're on here and uh but being able to harness the energy and you know channel it into a way that is positive for your own life and then for the life of people around you um is is a such an important thing and i think you know through this crisis that we've been going through i mean the fear has been huge obviously and that fear has had uh you know has manifested in different ways for different people but i think what it's really shown probably most people is that the simplest things of life are what we miss most you know the just the gift of work being able to be close to a and hug your loved ones, you know, being able to just go out and walk in nature, or go to the beach, all these things we took for granted. And uh, we now find how precious they are and how precious is our freedom of choice. You know, that's been taken away from us in these past months. Our freedom to choose exactly what we want to do for our life at any given moment. And I think what that has shown us as well, what this has shown us, you know, all those, um, the sad situations where, you know, people have had to uh, not be with their loved ones when they're passing over or whatever. It's shown us that we are, as humans, we are hardwired for love, basically. You know, we're not meant to be separate. And I'm getting emotional speaking about that you know it's like we're not meant to be separate from each other that is a demonstration that we we are one and that's why when we feel that fear we feel alone we feel like we want to go home we feel like we want to go home to love to connection to source absolutely right you know i think the fear shuts us off 
it shuts us off from uh, our loved ones, but it also shuts us off from ourself, ourselves. It shuts us off from that life-giving force of love within us because yeah. the fear obliterates everything. You be become paralyzed. You go into a state of paralysis. So, I mean, having been through the gamut of emotions myself, and I think maybe this is why I'm emotional now about it all, for myself and for everyone, but for me, what I've come to, it's almost like coming full circle and realizing that for me to actually handle this, talking about handling the emotion of this and understanding the aspect of fear that is presenting for me, um, that I have, again, I've got to return to that place of surrender and trust. I have to come back to that remembrance that I am that powerful light being. I have the power to make a difference in this situation. I have to come back to that place of feeling nurtured, of feeling safe, of feeling loved, and knowing that if I can tap into the source energy, that limitless, and it is limitless, cosmic source energy of love, I will be fine. So if I bring that into my body and then transmit it out into the world, I can do my part to transform the fear that is engulfing the planet at the moment. So I think if we all do that, those ones of us that are awake, if we all play our part, don't get caught up on the fear, go back into ourselves, find that center space within us, tap into the cosmic love force bring it through our bodies which are the bridges grounded onto the earth plane and transmit it out to humanity then we have an opportunity at this time to literally transform mm, we really do and change our world and if any of the listeners are feeling fear and they wouldn't sort of call themselves a light worker or don't feel like they've begun their spiritual journey yet don't don't despair <laughs> Please don't despair because when we're in that state of fear, we're calling, calling louder than ever to go home and the call is always heard and there's always resources such as the, the beautiful music that Leah has just made available for us all and there are other light workers with other resources out there that we can access to help us come home when if we are feeling trapped in fear. Absolutely. So I think that's a beautiful way, Leah. We're going to end this recording um, with the uh, light emerging track from Invisible Light. Is there anything you'd like to say about it before we hear it? Well, just to say this is the, um, the second tier of the pyramid, as it were, the trilogy of energy. So the first track is, is really more the expression of going through the challenge going through this dark challenge that we're going through. And then we emerge from that, knowing that actually we're not alone. You know, all the connection that we're seeing throughout the planet now and people realizing that, no, actually we're not alone. And so this is the beginning of the light emerging. So it's the beginning of the lifting of our spirits and 
the beginning of the joy coming in to realize that there is, I suppose, a light at the end of the tunnel. So it's a, it's an uplifting. I hope uh, your listeners will find it. That is, it's got a sweet, uplifting energy to it. Thank you so very much. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Helen. It really, really has. Thank you so much for allowing me to come on and uh, speak to your listeners. And it's been an absolute joy to speak to you. So thank you for having me.
Masu Adenana.